Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. And so I just remember being like four years old and we had these big, tall speakers with like the central system in the middle. And I was like half the size of the speaker. And I would just like ear up to it, listening to every breath of Mariah Carey and every run and just trying to mimic it. Like these were my first vocal coaches really. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. 
Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. Today, my guest is one of my amazing friends who has impacted my life in massive ways, in some of my favorite ways as well, because this human being has ignited, reignited my creative spark, truly inspired me to sing. Yes, I said sing at the Bliss Project when I didn't believe I was a singer, even though I wanted to. And I wanted to really experience that part of me and that side of me, whether it was singing or just being creative. She's really helped me pull out uh, some spoken word poetry and just not be afraid to share. And I think that is such a gift when you can find someone like that in your life. And I think you have to intentionally seek them out. And that's exactly what I did when I met her. I was like, you are creative. That's the, (laughs) you're a singer. You are doing all of the creative things out in the world, putting your soul out there for everybody to see. And I think that when you have a side of you that you want pulled out of you, you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions and around people who you don't necessarily yet identify with. And that's exactly what I did with this amazing guest, Monique. And you guys, if you have not been to the Bliss Project, then, well, number one, you're missing out on hearing her amazing voice, which you'll get a little uh, sample of that in this podcast. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Truly, this woman is a star. She is meant to be seen. She is meant to be heard because she will be a perfect mirror for you to reflect back something beautiful in yourself. So I know that this podcast is going to reignite something that is in you, even if you don't think it's there. It is there. It's just waiting to be sparked by the right person. And I really hope that you open up your heart to this and allow yourself to view yourself as a creative person and find your own creative process and listen to what it really feels like and accept what the creative process really feels like. So Monique Benavu, after her worldwide debut on season two of The Voice in many years in the pop music industry, Monique decided to shift her focus from the mainstream to her own unique path of conscious music creation and healing arts. And you guys, we talk about this in the podcast. Her story is amazing how she really thought she wanted one thing and was so focused on a path and it really changed. So she says, at first unsupported by most, she knew she had to sacrifice the safety and security of the path most taken to truly find fulfillment in her individual purpose and unique gifts. What this meant was a journey from the head to the heart through uncertainty, discomfort, and surrender in order to serve a higher cause and fulfill her soul's calling. Now as a pioneer and leader within the conscious music movement, Monique has earned international recognition for her songwriting abilities and performance. Most recently, she was featured as a finalist in the global talent competition Megastar and honored as the first ever conscious-based Pepsi Cola spotlight artist. I do what I do and be who I be because it's me and I hope it will inspire others to lead with their own magic and ability to create in love, freedom, and power, she says. Monique's mission on the planet is to bring relatability, authenticity, and joyfulness to the world through music and storytelling and a little hood humor, which I freaking love about her. She considers herself an artist of the new world and one dope hope dealer. Monique believes through hope, anything is possible and any circumstances can be overcome. In addition to her own artistic offerings, she facilitates powerful workshops, coaching courses, and one-on-one mentorship supporting throat chakra and personal truth activations, artist development, and masterful storytelling processes. With a focus 
on the power of language, frequency, and teaching individualized creation methods, Monique brings out the unique essence within each artist. For Monique, success is more than recognition of her own talents. She wants her legacy to reflect both how many people she has impacted with her art and how many people she has brought up with her. So you guys, I am so beyond thrilled for you to meet Monique. Like I said, if you have not been in the Bliss Project, she has sang there a couple years in a row. Maybe it's been three years now, and it's just been one of the most shifting experiences for everybody involved. I think music is transformational. I think that we can use so many different modalities to shift ourselves, to reignite our creative sparks inside. If you are alive and you have a heartbeat, you are you are a creative. So I can't wait for you to figure out what your journey is and just enjoy this process. So let's get started. Monique, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Like, honestly, you probably have no idea how excited I am for this conversation. (laughs) Or maybe you do. (laughs) Or maybe you do know. Like, I just can't wait to drop in. Yeah, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you hard. So the reason that I'm so excited to have you on is because you have been such a creative mentor for me. The the minute that I met you, you reminded me that I had this, it's a, it's a piece of me that I always, that I always have known is there, but it's a part of me that I haven't really been, uh, bold enough or confident enough, um, or really just self-confident enough to be able to pull the side of me out, uh, which is just more of a creative, more of an artist. And meeting you, I think was one of the biggest gifts of my life because you really Mm. inspired me to start weaving that into all I do. So I can't wait to drop into this because what I really, really pray for people to um, get out of this is to know that whether you are an artist or a creative or not, is that you are an artist and a creative. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm so with you on that. Everybody has that has that part of them. And whether mm-hmm. it's unlocked or it's still dormant, you know, it's it's there. Mm. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, and I, I would also love for you to just share a part of your journey. And if you want to just, you know, I know that this is we're going back however many years. 30 something years, but (laughs) wait, are you Mm -hmm. even 30 yet? I don't even know. Yeah. I'm 31. Our soul knows. Like once I hit 30, I was like, I don't know how old anyone is and I don't care. Um, (laughs) it's the best. Take me back a bit just about what growing up was like for you. When did you discover that you needed to uh, be expressing yourself through music? Mm, yes. Um, okay. So growing up for me was, I'm one of five children, first of all, um, with a first generation, I'm first generation American. So my parents immigrated to this country from Israel and Morocco, Morocco. And, um, my siblings are actually 16 to 22 years older than me. So my whole life was surrounded by adults and it made it really awkward for me to actually connect with kids my age. And when I tried, um, because of the cultural difference, my I, I grew up in a primarily Caucasian uh, city and area in the Bay Area. Uh, they didn't. They didn't really understand. They were kind of freaked out <laughs> by mm-hmm. by my parents and how they how they ran our household. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually pretty heavily bullied in school, and music was my number one outlet. I grew up 
in a musical household, whether it's coming home to my mom, belly dancing with the sound all the way up and just like getting in touch with her femininity or my dad singing Elvis or the Beach Boys. He loves oldies. Um, my sisters all sing. One's operatic. My brother's a producer. And so like it was a very musical household. And so I just remember being like four years old and we had these big tall speakers with like the central system in the middle. And I was like half the size of the speaker. And I would just like ear up to it, listening to every breath of Mariah Carey and every run and just trying to mimic it. Like these were my first vocal coaches really. And so I just remember locking onto that feeling and that feeling for me was safety. It was probably the only place in my life I really felt safe was when I was just enveloped and just in this, this wave of music. So when you're talking about safety, I think that we can all relate back to a time when we felt that way. And a lot of times it was when we were either alone or we were in private, or maybe for some of us, it was our family or some of us, it was not with our family, but that, that feeling of safety, what did that, what was that something that you had you always dreamed of wanting to obviously sing in front of people or was it something that you were like, this is just for me right now? Or were you, was the visualization there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think at the beginning, like from that flashback that I just shared, that was a space of like, this is just for me. And then once my consciousness grew to knowing that I could do that and be that in the world, mm. I began to perform for anybody that would walk through the door. Literally anybody that came through the door for anybody else was now my guest and I hijacked them and I would perform. And this part of me began to come online around five or six. And by that time, that was it. I knew what I wanted to do. I and that no one was going to stop me. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did have a ton of hurdles to overcome with that being the declared profession I wanted to go into because I was so heavily bullied both in school and I did get some shit at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's okay that I used that language. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> and I had to really overcome some worthiness and like being seen stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, I remember a sixth grade talent show. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. I had, I thought I had a really cute outfit on, but I guess I didn't. And <laughs> I sang genie in a bottle and I was booed, even though I sounded good. <gasps> the girls in the front row, they were laughing at me, the ones that peeked on me. And it was such a weird experience because I remember thinking while I was singing, I sound good. And looking at people and the experience was discounted. Mm. So yes, I, I think it's to answer the original question, it started off as this is just for me and it grew to, I want to share this with the world and where it's at now. I mean, we'll get there, but it's, it's both. It honestly, I feel like um, in order to keep a, a really good head on your shoulders and uh, be in your power with your art, you always have to keep a piece that is just for you. That's mm. how you keep it safe. Those are your boundaries with your art as an artist. Mm. So how do you do that now? What's a piece that you keep safe that's just for you that makes it feel sacred for you as you're pulling this out into the world? Oh my goodness. So much has evolved to where <laughs> at this point now, everything, the whole creative process is really 
the most sacred for me mm. because how it's created from where it's created and with who it's created, the environment, all of that is so important because if it's not, um, if I can't create this feeling of safety and wholeness within that creative experience and the product then reflects that, I won't feel good about being the representative for it out in the world. Mm. And the extent of how much I believe in what I've created and how personal it is and how real it is and how me it is mm. um, it really reflects how big and bad I show up for it. How do you, so how do you create that safety when you're in the uh, process of like, okay, I'm going to sit down. Is it literally like, oh, this is scheduled time. I'm going to sit down and do this. Or is this how, you know, what does it look like when you're actually tangibly pulling that idea through? Yeah. Okay. So there are a couple different ways on the more professional scheduled tip. You know, I, I will book out studio time. So at the moment I'm just finishing up my album in studio. And so this has required, um, scheduling and it's a little bit more challenging at first to kind of drop in to structured pieces of time. Yes. where you are meant to create. Yeah. Um, but then you can, you, you find your own rhythm. And I, I'll say this, every artist has their own process. And I, if there's one thing that every artist spends time doing, it is to understand themselves enough to create their own process mm. so that they can speed up the weird stuff and the discomfort and all that at the beginning. So they can really drop in and access their tap and access their genius as quick as possible because it's always there. And, um, you know, the most natural form for me of creation is just when I'm hit with the wave of it and I can step away and say, Hey guys, I'll be right back. And they go put myself in a corner somewhere and start singing in my phone with vocal notes or mm -hmm. writing or even channeling like a, a, a social media. Cause at this point for me, the only way I make peace with social media is by create is treating it like art. Mm. And I then feel safe to share my soul and I can show up to it without a filter of this is what people want to see. This is what the algorithm feels is best. And this is how people will like me. No, I get to show up like fully as myself. And that usually yields like the best results for me, which is in my opinion, uh, impact and it meaning oh. something to someone. So there are several ways uh, to really drop into that, whether it's scheduled or it's the flow. And your flow, that that entry point of your creativity is where you will learn what works for you. What, what do you see as a theme? Every time you get a wave of inspiration, what do you need? Do you need your notebook with you? Do you need a pen? Do you like writing with a pencil? Or do you like not writing? Do you like having your phone there and making sure that you can record it? Is it a video piece? Um, do you need silence? Do you actually do really well with noise in the background? You know, things like that are really important to anchor you into creating the environment for you to now create this into a process, duplicate that when you are booking out time. Mm. 
Oh my God. I have so many questions. Which way to go? Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I love that you said, I'm just going to restate a takeaway for everybody because I think this is so beautiful that you said you're treating social media like art. And it really brought me just back into a space. I'm trying to get uh, just friendly with social media again, because it really is one of our most our biggest blessing right now in such a modality for getting our art out. And mm-hmm. I, I really do believe it's probably the best way to get our, our, our creativity, anything, your courses, your whatever you want to do in the world. And it's really easy to go down the rabbit hole of thinking you have to be something or, wow, this is a really unsafe, judgmental space. I'm afraid to actually say how I feel. So treating it like art and remembering, like, just bring it back to making it like your journal, like your own personal journal. So that's kind of where I'm... Thank you for saying that. I'm in that space right now of of um, just reorganizing my relationship with it again and like loving it again, because it really is, it really is a huge, huge force. It's a tool right now. And then talking about the, you know, even going back to when you were up on stage and you were like, wow, this is my opportunity. My voice, you know, I, I know my voice sounds great, but being, you know, made fun of or bullied by the girls, I really believe through the create, and this is what I've seen. So I want to know your take on it. I feel like whenever we go to put something out there that's like bearing our soul, we get like an equal or or <laughs> greater than level of resistance or pain that comes in as some either... I don't know if you want to call it a test. I don't know what you want to call it, but can you elaborate on that? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm laughing because that is exactly how I see it as well. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can label a test. For me, my my word is it's a new, it's a threshold and it's like a portal. Mm. These, these moments are portals that what they do is they anchor in more self-trust, self-love, self-belief, and really like sows this important stitch in your reality of who you're going to be and how you're going to respond and mm. all these fundamental things that essentially hold your art up. It's the foundation. And so I, you know, those moments are so important and so pivotal. Um, it's easy for us to fall back and cower and be in our shame and give our power away at, mm. at those moments. But the other side of it is so empowering when you can pull through and say, you know what? That's the part, that's the part right here where keeping the bits of yourself, of your art for you helps you push through these moments. Mm. Because when you know that this is just for you, it does not matter. It does not matter what or how it's received and who it's being received by. You're always going to have people that love you, like you, and dislike you. Mm. And this is something I'm constantly always in practice of um being with because I, I have deep wounds that I'm you know always working on healing of approval and that piece of keeping your art for you really helps push through those threshold moments and plops you like it takes you from one level to the next I believe those are our level up moments mm. when we can say I'm proud of myself. I left it all out on there. I don't care if those girls were distracted. And it doesn't have to be malicious, right? It can be innocent. It can be not about you. I mean, it's arguable uh, on the respect tip. But you can have somebody who's just having their own experience in a front row. And they didn't come here necessarily for you. Uh, let's like at a conference or something, but you're performing. And you know they're robbing themselves of 
their healing that they can get from your performance or from your offering or your speech or whatever it is that you're there to deliver. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting moment because you do have that split consciousness of what's happening on stage and what's happening out in the audience. Mm. And uh, I'd say for anyone that experiences this, um, the best thing that you can do is take a breath when you can, um, be that in between sections of what you're sharing and invite the audience to breathe with you Mm. because then you kind of gain your control back by inviting the room and enrolling the room to be part of an even more integrated experience and you have more of their presence and you will feel the energetic shift. And also, please, 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 please hear me when I say this. Don't focus on the ones that are distracted. Find someone who is so into you and sing, and sing, speak, talk, <laughs> share, make eye contact with them. Like those, that's who you're there for. When you, when you step away from it being about you and your art being about your personal expression, that's who you're there for. Mm, I have so been there. And mm-hmm. it's like every single, you have to find that person who's shaking and nodding their head, not the one who looks like they like literally are throwing daggers at you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or who just got up and left, right? And you're like, what? Ah! You, Cause you'll, you'll just stop. It'll literally break that. Oh my God. And that you're in. Absolutely. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a position where I'm on stage and my attention goes to the person who is ignoring me or is Mm. talking during my performance. And I feel so disempowered and I feed into that. And all of a sudden my whole performance shifts. And now I've let this individual influence my performance and rob others who are there for their healing. I rob them of their healing because I've given in to that, that, that story for me that is as old as, as time. Everyone has been there. It's It's, totally the distraction. All I can think about is whether this is someone who finally for the first time decided to share something in a post and all they can pay attention to is obviously that one comment or Mm -hmm. maybe you put your down to the world and everyone loves it except for these 10 people who gave you this bat, these terrible reviews. And that's all you can see. It's, we need more people. I always think of this. I'm like, we need more good people and more artists and creatives, which we all are, but (laughs) we need them to care less. Like you have to. Yes. You have to care less in order to care about the people who are actually there for you. And that's such a crazy thing to say, but we only have so <laughs> much bandwidth, right? To care. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I I was just um I just put a post out recently on social media and I really freaking meant everything I said. And it was from such vulnerability and such empathy and for artists specifically. And the primary response I got was sympathy Mm. for myself. Mm. And it made me feel so uncomfortable, so misunderstood, so judged, so weak, because this is another story for me about vulnerability equaling weakness and, and, uh, like victim consciousness still being active in my leadership. And 
I damn near took the post down. And I was just like sharing this with my partner. I was like, yo, I'm freaking out right now. I'm having a moment. I spoke really vulnerably about where I am in my journey and how this is super normal for artists. Because like I had mentioned to you, I'm very passionate about speaking about the moments that Mm -hmm. we don't talk about in the process of these amazing milestones or highlights. Because it's where most people fail or fall or don't reach out for support. And so in me doing this <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it being my thing, I'm triggered. I get triggered because mm-hmm. I will get those messages and very few actually understood the posts and those that understood the posts were artists. Mm. And it was like, man, this is this is something that I haven't felt like this in a long time. But uh, it was again an opportunity for me to choose how I be and what I make it mean about me. Always, every every day, <laughs> every moment. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I want to chat with. There, there's a couple things I have highlighted here that I want to go over. But first, why don't we talk about that? Because in anything, especially with this, I think that, um, in order to create or bring something through, I know that you and I have talked about this before. Um, I don't quite have the words for it yet, but I can't wait to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, everything we're about to talk about and how (laughs) this is going to eventually come out for me. But it's like the, it's almost like when you get an idea, like, you have it. You can see the vision. Like when you knew that you were a singer, you knew what it was supposed to be, or you knew you wanted to do an album. And it's like a heavenly thought. Like it's literally a heavenly thought. Like it's a higher than you. It belongs to you, but you're, you don't yet have it in physical form and it's pulling it through. Like they call it, um, what is it? The Valley of death into reality. So where dreams die, right? Because most people give up because they don't know what to expect and they're not prepared for the Valley of death. And I hate to even say that that's probably a really not awesome thing to say, but to be honest, it can feel that way. Oh my God. Completely. (laughs) I think it's perfectly fitting. (laughs) So how do we... And how do you, in your process, protect yourself and prepare yourself? And now, now what do you know what to expect when you're pulling a vision through into reality? How does it survive? Oh, oh God. Prayer. Yeah. <laughs> so much prayer. So much talking to myself. And okay, so this has taken me up to my whole life now Mm. to actually be able to do this. And I'm in the thick of it. So this is perfect to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've been a huge part of my journey in birthing this record in many, many ways. And one of the most important for me has been how real you've been about your own creative birthings Mm. and creations and just your, your warrior energy when you speak to me about what I'm doing. Mm. And the impact behind it and that ripple that is what I'm really showing up for has kept me so centered. So I will, I will attribute that to, uh, attribute that to having and surrounding yourself with a support system Mm. of badass people who are already doing what you're doing. And if you don't have that yet, please, I know it's scary as hell create it reach out to that person that you look up to even if they're just one step ahead of you it will lead to the next mm-hmm. if it's a if it's a slow breadcrumb trail a breadcrumb trail like do what you got to do to 
make those friends and create those mentor relationships uh, to have just somebody to when you're in the trenches remind you of why you're there because the why always pulls you back in but it's the thing that also is the most fleeting when we get triggered Mm. and so i would say support is number one it's also really important to know and have like uh, like the red cord on a parachute like a like a a safety cord yep uh so what that is is like you're about to give up right that's what that looks like and you have that one person (laughs) that one person that you can just fall apart to Mm-hmm. That won't try and fix you. That won't try and, you know, school you. That will just hold you. Because a lot of times we will feel broken or we will feel a mess. We will feel in chaos. We will feel just like scrambled eggs. And all we really need to do, because I'm a firm believer that we have the answers within us and we're strong enough to pull through. It's just when we keep it in our heads, that is where we lose the battle. But mm-hmm. that's why I said I talk to myself a lot and I seem like a crazy person if someone were to witness me who didn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I will either talk to myself or my walls or I will just like throw it all up on that one person that will hold space for me mm-hmm. and just allow me to hear myself. Because when we hear that, we can see the stories and we can choose. So it's really, really important. I think for me, those have been two foundations and self-care, treat yourself like a human. Yes, you're creative. Yes, you're an artist, but also have a balance of just like healthy fun. It's really, really important when you get serious and focused and disciplined on birthing something that is creative, that you also implement fun as like a non-negotiable. Otherwise, it gets serious and your art shifts your Mm -hmm. art, your creation shifts and the frequency of that, the frequency that is like severity and, and heaviness and pressure and judgment begin to seep in and inundate your art or your create your, whatever you're creating. Uh, and I, I, from my experience, that's where I have become the most frustrated with myself and experienced paralysis creative paralysis and that's what i know i need to like pop out of this artist world and go into my human self and go have fun mm. um, so that's been a huge balance for me in oh. in getting through all of this that's such a huge realization i i can literally remember moments writing my book where um you know you push and you push and you push and you're like every door feels closed and you're you you have to fall apart. You literally have to fall apart and you don't know where to go in that moment. And it does feel like there, everything is like caving in on you and that everything you're like, shouldn't I, if this was the right thing to do, shouldn't it feel better than this? Because it feels, it can feel terrible. You can even feel like a bad person through the creative process. Like, am I doing this for the right reasons? You can question your intentions. You can be like, is this all about ego? What is this? Like, cause you have to be you also, there's a level of selfishness that has to take place, even though selfishness isn't necessarily the word that I, uh, that I want to be using here, but there's a level of having to close down the world around you to go so inward. And it can just feel like, where do I go from here? And then isolating. It can be very isolating. Yeah. Oh my God. It was one of the most, I was like, okay, I'm writing a book on tribe. It's, this is the most isolating thing ever. You're like, (laughs) I'm I'm writing music for people yet. I'm around no one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are deep, deep 
uh, waves of sadness and almost what feels like depression sometimes Mm -hmm. and and loneliness and isolation and like what the fuck am I even doing Uh you know it's on those days that you know leaning into something that isn't your art sometimes really helps or this is another remedy that has worked for me really well is when I can't find the soul in my art and I do like a little check, check in with myself, I will go and go back to my roots of what in the first place inspired me to commit my life to this type of work. So I will literally pull out my nineties Mariah Carey CDs and um, just songs that put me 100% in my feels or I will take myself on an artist date, which comes from the, the artist way book, mm. uh, where it's just me, myself, and maybe I take myself to a concert or a black and white movie, or I just go people watch. Something that I can find the beauty in the art of will always lead me back to my own. Mm. And yeah, so just like going off focus, if it's a book that you're writing, okay, don't write your book for an hour. Go and just do a train of thought or a flow of consciousness or write something funny or something, something that will reignite that spark. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's going to see comedy or watch Brene Brown's talk, something like that. So I feel you. Mm -hmm. Those things were huge for me as well. It was like a lot of times I would watch a comedy routine because I wanted to see how they were, you know, we like to do nothing more than laugh. And I was like, how are they getting into people's like hearts? And, and it was so freeing just to experience different emotions inside of yourself that it gets you outside of the, (laughs) the space that you're in. It gets you outside, like get outside of the physical space that you normally go in. I remember my book was on a, uh, on a deadline and I, one of my friends was getting like her remarriage in Greece and she really wanted me to be there. And I was like, I'm on this book deadline. I absolutely should not be doing this, but I was so stuck at the time that I was like, you know what? Something came through for a split second. That was like, this is going to help you. You Mm -hmm. got to go and just go be in life and you'll write Mm -hmm. faster and better. And I came home and finished like eight chapters in like eight days after that trip because I went and joined life for a while. Yes. It's so necessary. It's it's such a dance, man. It really is. Like mm. to you dip in and out of your focus and feeding your soul, feeding your human. And and you're not and most likely you're not just like solo doing this. You're around people. You live mm-hmm. with someone or you're in a relationship or you're a mom or you have pets or whatever it is. Like there's life happening. So just to like be in that like flow, that dance is super mm-hmm. important. I, so for me, like right before bliss, I saw Jesse J live Mm -hmm. and I can't tell you what that show did for me. She is one of the artists I just respect most, um, from this era and she's so freaking talented. She's so raw and her presence on stage, it just hit me so hard of how much herself she is on stage. And having that permission slip gifted to me in witnessing her Mm. embodiment of being herself on stage 
man, I came to Bliss Project with something else this year. And (laughs) (laughs) I felt so good on stage. I didn't need for one of those women to scream for me to be proud of myself after that. I never felt more myself. I was also super freaking nervous and scared and bypassing. That's a whole nother thing. But I knew what I was committed to for that experience. And that was being myself. Because when I try and be something else, when I try and match the measurements of others, I'm again, robbing everyone of what's unique about me, which is why they even tune in in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to most likely fail uh, because I know how to do me. That's the program and that's the roadmap I have within I can learn someone else's, but I'm never going to be as good as them because that's theirs. Mm. And so just realizing how perfect and like you have, we all have this built in spark, this built in charisma when we are just ourselves and people care and people will listen and you will have their presence when you're fully them, especially in a world where most people are stuck in a routine of trying to mirror or mimic what is successful. Mm. Those that hold true and are committed to being themselves more and more every day, people will hear they cut through because there's a different presence and a different frequency. And even if even if people don't understand this conversation of frequency and vibe and energy, your body does. Our bodies mm-hmm. do. We are instinct-based human beings. And that will never go away from us. That is our, one of our biggest gifts is instinct. And our cells know when we relate to a person and when we don't based off of their energy. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, this year at Bliss, I literally like my, just how you said when you saw, um, you know, your artist on stage that you love, uh, it's them being them and saying where they're at right now and giving them, you can watch themselves, give themselves permission just to be them. And it's probably the number one thing that ignites me the most is when I can go and see someone just be like, Hey, I'm going to be real. This is where I'm at right now. And this is how this is feeling. And it's like, it is, I think that all we're ever looking for is evidence of, is it okay to be me? And the way mm-hmm. that we can do that for other people is to do it for ourselves. And mm-hmm. when you showed up and did that, I think everybody just took a deep breath and like unbuttoned their pants. And <laughs> like, we can just breathe and be, and this is accepted. And this is the best. Like, this is actually what we all want. And when yeah. it is when we start to feel you know, energy and when we feel alive and when we feel connection, finally, because so many of us are walking around feeling disconnected. It's because we can't get, we, we can't connect until we give ourselves that permission to just be like, where are yeah. you actually at right now? Cause no one can see you. We're like walking around with, um, what does Glennon call it? The, you're the representative. I can't, I can't tell you how I really feel if you're not going to tell me how you re- really feel because it's not safe. Right. It's like a, a challenge. So we all have to do it. So Tell me about what you feel when I have this whole other relationship now with procrastination, because I think in the beginning I was like, Oh my God, you're a loser. Like, look at you. You can't get this done. How do people get this done? Look at you going back for your fifth cup of coffee. Like who drinks this much coffee? Oh my God. What are you doing now? Like, like, just like, you're not spiritual. What are you doing now? You're eating 45 cookies. Like just eat. <laughs> 
you're sabotaging. And now I'm like, okay, like chill, be nice to yourself. And, and don't get me wrong. Those thoughts can still go through my head for sure. But what, what's your relationship with uh, procrastination? And like you were talking about earlier, just the lull, like the period when you, you don't, you're not getting anything and you don't get to. <laughs> Yo, okay. So I'm going to be, I'm going to give myself permission right now <laughs> and um, just share honestly that I'm, I'm very much still in the process of <laughs> nailing that one. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I, I do it all the time. I procrastinate all the time. Um, however, I love that you started this off with my relationship with procrastination is different. And I can really relate to that statement. And for me, how it's playing out right now is I will procrastinate and I will try to show up the way I'm quote unquote supposed to, what discipline or what work or productivity says looks successful or looks right. And I will just have like, it's, it's more than resistance. It's almost like there's an energy fighting me back. Yes, And I just feel like I've learned to not fight it mm. because what I feel, what, what's coming through for me is that my procrastination is actually my soul saying rest mm. and allow it and let it be okay. And what ends up happening where procrastination then becomes really ineffective for me is when I fight it and I don't register that it's saying rest my soul is saying rest and then i don't ever end up getting the rest i need so mm-hmm. then it pushes out what uh, that moment could be one full day of like totally deserve rest and rejuvenation because creativity and creative vessels 1000% need that human beings need that we are all creative and so we need rest and if you're not giving that to yourself and you're fighting it's going to prolong you getting that rest. So you're not really going to be productive for what will seem like maybe up to like four or five days a week. And, you know, I'm the first to admit that I've learned that the hard way multiple times and still find myself fighting it, mm-hmm. but I know better. And that's to just surrender rest because it's not that I don't want to create. I'm not ready to create mm. no matter the surrounding I put myself in because I can do it. I can do it. I'm a doer. I've, I've learned how to hack myself. And when I really come up against resistance of, I'm not ready to write this. And it happens often for social media for me too. Uh If you notice everyone from bliss turn their shit around really fast. I can't, it's not very easy for me to do that because I need to process what I've just experienced. And I want to put it out in a way that is so succinct and so clear and really is able to drop people in to what I'm sharing so that they experience the level of connection I experienced. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have yet to be that quick to do that. Um, because usually when I'm in a situation like that, I'm outputting, 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 and my creative tank needs to be refilled mm-hmm. before I can re, you know, before I can share and put out again. So my relationship with procrastination has shifted and turned from procrastination to your soul is telling you to rest. Don't fight it. Give yourself the rest. When it gets to the point where you're giving yourself that rest, 
and now you're falling into what would be like lethargy or laziness, that's when maybe we can, you know, go do a power hot yoga class and get that fire started again and get back and recommit to like the structure. But this is kind of a a fine line line sometimes (laughs) at the same time, like it's a fine line because there's once in a while and I think innately we really do know, um, yes. you know, cause some, and it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to know in the moment. And sometimes you can wake up the next day and be like, okay, yesterday when I was questioning it, I can see today that I, I could have done more yesterday. Like it, it's mm-hmm. always connecting the dots backwards for me. Cause there are moments in the, in the moment where, yeah, I, I, I'm dancing and I'm not sure. And a lot of times, if I just kind of go back and reflect on that, I can figure out like, okay, what was that my truth yesterday? Or was that just me being like, you know, getting lazy, like starting to tell a story to myself about like, maybe you're not cut out for this or whatever that looks like. So tell me about procrastination when you have a deadline. Like, oh, because I just want to talk to you about this. Like I have, you know, I have talks where I'm like, whoa, I am speaking in three days and you still have not written the talk. Please help me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's me uh, 90% of the time. Uh, (laughs) I think that's the more and more people I talk to. It's like the more that you do it, the more something is saying like it's in you, it's going to come have some faith, but it is freaking scary in the process. Yeah. So this whole thing about procrastination, this is like a deep hole and I'm so happy that we're talking about it. Um, (laughs) Seriously. Um, There's a lot of shame around yeah. Like preparation and yes. what that looks like to set you up for success, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, this is me 90% of the time. And I just, I trust myself that I know how to show up mm. so much at this point that even when I'm feeling that pressure of like, dude, like you need to get it together. Like I always get it together, even if it's the night before. I can't really put a rhyme, like I can't really put much to it. Like I don't know how to share, how to navigate out of that. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, it, I feel like it's a self-trust thing. And I will say that it's also, there's a trap because mm-hmm. of the shame Yeah, with preparation. And it, it almost brings us into an induced state of feeling unsafe. Mm. And so we're not able to connect to our energy centers because we're blocked now in our like root chakra or our sacral and we're not breathing and we're in our minds and we're not in our hearts or our bodies. So I really think that when I, if I'm thinking about it now and bringing myself back to those moments, I just see myself in a bathtub right before I end up going into flow again, Mm. because I notice that I'm, I'm here and I have a story about, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And I keep ignoring it because I'm, there are other things that are right now that I need to be showing up for. And if I were to sit down and do the thing I'm supposed to do, I'm going to be thinking about the other things that I need to be doing too. So it's like, create the space. Where are you not creating the space, right? Where am I not creating the space? How much of my story is actually paralyzing me right now from being in a state where I can access my creativity? Mm. And, And like, where am I comparing, right? Where am I comparing myself and saying that I'm already failing? 
mm-hmm. by not having this done already. Oh man, you just opened something up for me. Okay. Um, so, (laughs) so much is opening up. So, you know, when I'm thinking about what you're talking about and how it is that the, the shame around preparation. And in the beginning, I do think that in order for you to understand that you don't have to prepare as much that you do have to put yourself through the hell of over-preparing for you to then go be out and about in the world or on stage or putting your stuff out there and realize that you're not actually talking about the stuff you even really prepared necessarily that you can let go. Um, But what you opened up for me was talking about when we can go and do and, and just be and trust ourselves is when we realize that is when we can get more and more tuned in on what is right for us and what is not. So probably like what I want to know is when you were doing, you have to prepare for things you don't know or messages that aren't yours or being someone that you think that you are not. So when you get so clear, like finally now when I know where I should be speaking and what I should be speaking on, I no longer have to stress because I live it. I don't have to prepare it. I can tune into my day to day and what I want to say. So like now that you've dropped into your music, because I want to talk about your path as well, because I know that the, the shape in which your dream comes true sometimes in the beginning is not the shape in which you should be in. You know, Mm -hmm. the things I was talking about in the beginning were not my absolute truth. Were they a part of me? Yes, but they weren't who and what really lit me up. And so what does it look like now compared to the path in the beginning when, you know, in the beginning of your dream, I think we're willing to take on any shape that will take Oh my God. Yes. That is like (laughs) the most accurate statement ever because I totally did. Um, You know, my big break came from the voice Mm -hmm. and let me just share with you how willing I was to take any shape for that quote unquote success, which was shown to me by other celebrities and other musicians and other artists, um, with no idea of what they've gone through. Um, just, just seeing their highlight reels and comparing myself to them. Mm. So right off the cuff, I'm setting myself up for a tremendous amount of struggle and unfulfillment. So I was on the voice and the whole way through, I had a gut. I knew I was going to get on the show. Like I knew it and I didn't know it, but I knew it. And all along the way, the producers with each like executive behind the scene audition to get onto the main stage, um, blind audition happened. I was giving a little bit more of my creative control away. Hmm. with their guidance and the way they did it was a dangle a carrot dangle it was like oh christina will love you especially if you sing this Hmm. and they gave us uh, a list of about uh 200 songs and they said label this spreadsheet one through 75 with your preferences of what you want to audition with Hmm. and i did that they chose my, I think, number 37th song. Mm. And I had such a hard time showing up for that song. Had I stuck it out and actually stood up for myself and said, no, I want to sing this, I believe I would have gone much farther in the competition than I did. Mm. But I sang something else that someone else told me to sing because on the back end, it's an artist that the label of the show is signed to 
They've put millions of dollars behind the record. It's part of their promotion. And I am the representative or quote unquote, the pawn in this game to bring that forward and give it exposure and make money for this other artist. I sang it the best that I could. And I look, it took me five years to watch that playback because it was so inauthentically me. Mm. And then finally I came out to play Little did they know they chose a song that I grew up like living and breathing because Celine Dion is like my idol. Mm-hmm. Um, they they chose a song that I knew like the back of my hand. And because I had sung it so well in rehearsals and the person that I was going up against was a fixed component and top four from mm. the start in the show, they had to m- manipulate the song and change keys. So it was now out of my power range and more suited my competitor so that it didn't look so obvious on national television, which it still did look obvious on national television sure. that I should have won that that round because now I was singing music that suited my voice mm-hmm. and that I liked. So it's really interesting, you know, those choices that we make to, to siphon off our creative control and honoring what we know is best for us really has a huge effect uh, to the extent for me, which now from that moment on, I just showed, you know, over a hundred million people who I am and it's completely inauthentic and not me, but now that's who they expect me to be. Mm. And so in order for me to set myself up for success, quote unquote, in this industry, I had to show up as that for the next five years of my life Mm. until I said, screw this. I hate music. Now Mm. I got to a point where the thing that was my safety, my refuge became the thing I hated showing up for. Mm. And I walked away from like the top management, but within that top management who are representing these mega superstars, I'm in competition directly with these mega superstars for songs Mm. and everything I'm doing is being shelved and everything I'm being guided to create is being foreshadowed from these other artists who are not me. Mm -hmm. So there was very little space for me at that time to be me. Because from the start of it, I chose to not be me. Mm. Now, it's a completely different story. I hit reset. I'm making my own game. I'm making my own rules. And I'm doing it in a way that, again, I don't care if one single person woos for me. I feel good about what I'm doing when I get on that stage and I step off that stage. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's so much about this that is just... It, it's. It's a through line for everybody. And, you know, there've definitely been times I I hear from so many women that I talk to, like, you know, I know I can get a book deal if I talk about this, or I told them, (laughs) you know, I told them that I want this, but they want to, they want to switch it to this, or they want to switch my title to this, but I'm not feeling it. I'm like, you know what? You're the person ultimately that is going to market everything that you do. And you're the person who's going to have to keep talking about it. And you're the person Mm -hmm. who has to sell yourself. And if it is not you, you won't be able to do it. Like you might even be able to make really great music, but you won't be able to stand behind it. And and people feel the intention no matter what, no matter what people can feel the intention if you're excited or not, like right down to... What are people creating? Like I've definitely, you guys, I have created things before and put them out that I created simply off of, I think this is what people want. Like, and it wasn't even where my heart was. And yeah. it, it's the, 
Those are the hardest things because you're, it's can be, you know, three, six months of your life, a year, five years. And while it's a beautiful lesson, if you can save anyone and say, what do you want to do? Like, what would you do for the you of two years ago? Like, what would you say to them? What would you say to the you of even, even two years ago? Mm. Even last year, because I know so much has evolved and we, we grow. Oh my God. This, I mean, I'm going to be really honest. This time last year, I was looking for an investor to -hmm. support the beginning of my record. I hadn't had a record. I had a fire in my belly and I knew that I was going to, it was time to get this music out there, start this process. I had no idea how. I just knew it was going to happen. That was going to be the space for it to happen because I freaking deserved it. Because I was so, I felt my own purity and my own conviction about why Mm -hmm. so deeply that it was like, I am saying I deserve this. No one has Mm -hmm. to tell me I know. And so the me then, I would tell her, the me a year ago, to not compare herself along the way Mm. to remember this fire in her belly throughout the course of this next year and to put her self-care first. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those have been my three main struggles over this last year that if I could have just given myself that advice. Mm-hmm. But again, at the same time, I guess that's what my soul needed. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, sister. <laughs> no matter what, no matter what I do, that, that same advice, like just stop comparing, let's stop comparing your journey looks different. You're, you're here for a reason. There's something so good here. What is it? And yeah, you deserve this. And sometimes, you know, like totally vulnerable moment, but sometimes I'm, I can be in the space of like, it's like, you got to decide it's your time because Mm. there, there, especially I think on these growth paths and spiritual paths, sometimes it's easy to, it's also simultaneously easy to let myself off the hook and be like, Oh, it'll happen. This is great. And then I forget that there is a big birthing process and the moment where you got to have contractions and get out there again, it's like a big cycle. So it's the ease, the flow, be kind to yourself. Don't compare. And then there's got to be some contraction period of, of pushing something out and then getting the feedback from it. But Mm -hmm. something else that I just think has been freaking awesome about your journey, and I think everybody needs to hear this, um, getting your message out there takes money and support. So Mm -hmm. you have taken a different route. You know, you were looking for investors first. And then I know that one of the hardest things for you, and we've had this conversation, was you started a GoFundMe account. Yeah, man. Please tell me about that process. Oh my goodness. So asking for help is probably the most challenging thing for me. Uh Like I've gotten really good at asking for a certain amount of help, but then I still have this like threshold where I'm like, what's the certain amount? What's the certain amount that it feels comfortable for you where you're like, Oh, I'm not bugging people. And then where's the edge? If I have to follow up more than once, that's it for me. I I, I totally shut down on that Avenue. And we know that it takes back. I'm I'm just going to remind you, you know, it takes seven or eight follow-ups for people to take action. (laughs) Good God. Good God. Let me tell you on the other side of that practice of that seven or eight follow-ups, I will be a beast. (laughs) Holy moly. Okay. Okay. 
I did but, need to hear that. <laughs> you know, it, it's really crazy because even if you look at how, you know, marketing goes and the, the, the thing is, is that people want to support people, but we yeah. feel annoying. And it's so funny because they not only need your art, but you have to get to the place of knowing so much that they need it. And knowing a lot of times we know what people need far more like longer before they do. Sometimes we know what people need before we know what we need. And, um, I just think that it's like the most brave, awesome thing that people can do. If you have something that wants to get out there by taking these different modalities of asking for help, starting a GoFundMe account, putting on different things where you raise money to get your art out into the world. Um, you know, a lot of people want to write books, but it costs a lot of freaking money to even write a book sometimes to get yourself Mm -hmm. out there. So getting super creative, um, has been really huge. And I know that that has been like a massive struggle for you is asking. Mm -hmm. So how do you get, how have you been getting right with asking? Um, having conversations with my, uh, support system with Mm -hmm. specifically like my sisters, like you, um, my partner, um, my producer. Another thing, you know, that's really been working for me is going back and actually being with my art. Being with my art and feeling my own medicine, uh-huh. I forget to do that often. I'm in such the create. I go between the creator seat and the business seat because I don't yet have the capital to build out a full team so that I can stay 100% in my artist and in my genius at all times. I'm beginning to get you know one higher here, one higher there, but in that startup phase when you're really, really launching something you can really, you can tend to disconnect from your own medicine. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's more than the why it's, it's the actual experience of what you're putting out there because you can, you can only put into words so much what you're trying to create and what you're trying to gift and birth. It's a, it's a visceral thing that you need to feel. And so for me, listening to my own music, uh, nothing brings me home, like listening to my own music. Because it's so felt, what it was created with was so pure. There is, there is no other. I just truly believe there is no other experience of this music, mm. and so, so that keeps me honest, and that keeps me going to that for it, mm-hmm. and knowing that I'm doing whatever I have to take or whatever I have to do, to, and taking the measurements I need to take, and following up however many times I need to follow up, and we're still at it. We're inching our way towards that goal. But I'm, I'm, you know, every day I'm, I'm taking myself on and facing myself, face, yeah, facing off with myself, mm-hmm. um, to get past that story that says that I'm annoying or that people don't want to support this or that I'm not important or that I'm taking, you know, a huge one for me, a huge story for me as I've grown in my career. Uh, I'm surrounded by freaking amazing people. And I know this is true for you too. You're surrounded by amazing people Mm -hmm. who are highly successful, highly inspirational. And for me, as these relationships are so new and the connection is the most important thing to me, it's super hard for me to ask for Mm -hmm. financial support from these newer relationships that foster me and feed me in so many deeper ways. But at this point right now, what is going to help me get across that 
you know, finish line is dollars. And it's been like one of my biggest hurdles to like ask my friends for money who are successful because I know that they're being asked for money all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And so it's been one of my biggest hurdles. And you've actually, we've had this conversation and you've helped me with really beautiful ways to word things that just take all of that out of it and just go straight mm-hmm. to the heart. Mm-hmm. So that's been a beautiful thing for me and something I'm, I'm walking through. Mm. I think just about everyone listening can completely relate to that. Cause there's all moments when we need to borrow money, make money, figure out creative ways to come up with money, figure out trades. I can't tell you how many times in this uh, career I have had to trade with people. I've had to be <laughs> like, Hey, look, I can't pay you right now, but here's what I can do. I know <laughs> like a barter system that might not be like really paying you back that much, but someday... <laughs> I really want to be able to get your back. Um, so Monique, something that I want to do is link up a song right after this. So as soon as I get off here, I want it to play on the podcast. So um, what is a song that you would want to leave them with? Anything off your head that you mm. you want me to link up? Yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn. I'll help you decide. I'm, yes. Thank <laughs> you. It's the Aquarian in me. I'm a little indecisive at times. So either I surrender acoustic or just breathe produced. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. You picked that one. Cause they're both. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like I want to share just breathe because I, I think I'm leaning towards the, that. Yeah. There's such a feeling there. It's an experience that song and it's, you know, it just slows it all down and brings you home. All right, you guys. So we're going to play that right in, in like just a minute or two. Um, and something else, cause Monique has literally come to bliss project and has played and poured her heart out. And this music is be, I, I incorporated her into the program this last year during the day because I wanted people to see how transformative, um, not only music, but someone who is stepping. So you cannot share this music. You cannot sing on stage. You cannot be touched in the way that you are touched by someone who is completely vulnerable and giving themselves permission without them being willing to just accept and take everything that comes with bearing your soul. So you're going to hear that in her music. And also um, I have put the uh, GoFundMe link on there too. If you're feeling super called to want to hear this album um, and you're just totally moved and you can't wait to get your hands on it. So um, I think it's really important to support people where we can. So if you're feeling called at all, go and um, listen to that if you want to hear the rest of her album too. And Monique, I literally am like, uh, just, I can't even tell you what you've done for my life. Um, just opened up such a vortex for me of joy. Um, I knew that I loved to do this work, but I have to be honest, it wasn't feeling super in my marrow, like the, my, in my bone marrow. Like I wanted to feel so connected to it. And that hasn't started happening until I have really started to play and like, mm-hmm. Even if it's not, and, and I don't want to say, you know, I, that I'm not, or, or that I'm underplaying who I am, but I'm in the beginning phases, even if it's not great, or even if the poem isn't, you know, super deep, or if it's not whatever it is, like you guys have to be a beginner somewhere. You have to start yes. somewhere. And you've really helped me like ease into 
being a beginner in creative mode, whatever that is. Or maybe it is just something I play in once in a while, but whatever it is, you helped me to tap into that and really held space for me in so many ways. Whether it was me saying a poem to you with my voice shaking and tears in my eyes or or just really being inspired by you being you. And the more you that you are, the more I'm just like, I feel the fierceness inside of me. And I think that is such a gift. Mm. So you guys, she is... Go go follow her, go find her because she is going to gift you with the gift of you discovering yourself in your own Yes, so, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to this song wherever you are, close your eyes, listen to the words or dance or whatever you feel called to. But I have a feeling that you are going to be addicted to the feeling of what she's about to give you. So Monique, thank you so much. Um, and I always end on one last question. Are you ready? All right, I'm ready. Well, first of all, where can we find you? Where can we follow you? That's not my last question. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on all the platforms at Monique Benaboo. It's all streamlined. Um, I have really fun covers on YouTube. Um, good, like amazing documentary stuff that's coming out on YouTube. So follow and subscribe there. Instagram's my big one. Um, Facebook fan page, all the things. And we will link that all up for you guys. So go into show notes and you can just go and see everything there. Um, okay. So last question, you're in a super fast interaction with someone, whether it's on the street or in an elevator, but it's a total stranger and it's only 30 seconds. And they look at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? You can take a breath, Mm. try and feel what it really feels like to be you. Mm. and do what your soul says Mm. without justifying it, comparing, and see what happens. Oh, man. Amen. And you guys get ready because we're going to play that song right now. So thank you so (laughs) much. So much, Monique. I love you. I'm so grateful for you. And you guys, make sure you share this episode with anyone that you know is feeling called to something bigger, feeling like they're having trouble getting something out in the world, feeling judged, feeling comparison. Make sure you share it right now. Make sure you text it with your friends. Um, And we would love to see what you took away on your stories, what you think of the song. So make sure that you tag me and Monique in your stories. And until next time, everyone, earn your happy and go ahead and listen now. Bye, everyone.
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back. 
And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. 
You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14 day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.